Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this live weekly talk media show and this live video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I have guests who discuss some of the most interesting, novel, and timely issues and challenges that business owners and employers are facing during these trying times. And in that spirit of the show, I'm very pleased tonight to have with us uh, a special guest, Aaron Levine, CEO and founder of the LG Insurance Agency. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to uh, to be able to be here with you today. It's been a long time coming and glad glad we're able to go live right now and talk about uh, what's going on in my world, I guess. Absolutely. And, you know, our two worlds very much overlap, you know, yours in the insurance and also with employment uh, practice insurance and mine with employment laws. So there's definitely a lot going on for, for all, and for all of us out there listening too. But absolutely, Aaron. Um, I think I'll start by just giving more of a little introduction of you uh, for our audience before we delve into our topic tonight. And our topic tonight, folks, is um, we're talking about um, the, the employment practice liability insurance for employers, what you need to know. And so my guest tonight is Aaron Levine, CEO and founder of the LG Insurance Agency, a boutique full-service insurance agency located in Long Branch, New Jersey, that opened in 2009. The agency has insurance experts to provide local and regional expertise <clears throat> for personal, business, and various specialty insurance needs. Aaron Levine has a Bachelor of Science degree in Marketing Management from Syracuse University, where he was also active in the Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity and graduated in 2002. In 2008, Aaron graduated from Monmouth University with a Master's in Business Administration. Aaron is an avid triathlete and marathoner, having completed Ironman, wow, in 2008 at the <laughs> Ford Ironman of Florida. Uh, community and charity are very important to Aaron, which is reflected in the many hats he wears. He is the Vice Chairman of Fulfill Food Bank of Monmouth and Ocean Counties, the Secretary of PIA, Professional Insurance Agents of New Jersey, as well as the past president of Greater Long Beach Chamber of Commerce. Giving back to the community is at the center of who Aaron Levine is. But his favorite accomplishment, I can relate to this, is being a proud dad, a proud girl dad, I should say, in Aaron's case, to his two right. daughters, Elle and, is it Daria? Dare, straight, dare. it's pronounced dare, like I dare you. Just Got it. a little different. Okay, that's one thing I didn't ask you before the show, I think. The only part I missed <laughs> in our, our uh, discussion conversation, um, Ellie and Dare. Excellent. All right. So, you know, we're talking again about, you know, EPLI, Employer Practice Liability Insurance, what business owners need to know as our topic tonight, folks. And really, this comes down to the fact that, <clears throat> you know, the employer-employee relationship, it's a cornerstone of any business. But what happens when things go wrong? What happens when an employee accuses an employer of sexual harassment, discrimination, failure to promote, or fostering a hostile work environment. Most employers don't want to think about these scenarios, but in reality, business owners are statistically more likely to be sued by an employee, that's true, than any vendor, customer, supplier, or third party. High legal costs, lost time, and the court of public opinion all contribute to the high overall cost of dealing with claims of company misconduct from an employee. So on tonight's episode of Employment Law Today, Please join me and my guest, our guest tonight, insurance agency founder, Aaron Levine, <clears throat> on a discussion of the value and the benefit of having employment practices liability insurance, also abbreviated as EPLI. We'll be discussing what it is. What is it? When should a business owner consider purchasing EPLI? What is covered? What is not protected? And under what circumstances? Learn the answers to these questions on our show this evening. Um, and with that, I will get into the questions, our nice, great discussion with our guest, Aaron. So, Aaron, the first question I asked, pretty much all my guests, because I'm fascinated by the answer, is you know, to tell us a little bit more about yourself, but mainly, what inspired you to choose a career in insurance? And then what, you know, motivated you to prompt or to further found and create the LG Insurance Agency? Man, I wish we could jump right into the heart of this conversation because I get chills 
thinking about what we're going to talk about. And, and here I am, a guy that sells paper for a living. <laughs> you know, I sell paper contracts. <laughs> and I'm sitting with the, with the expert that's uh, reading, writing, reviewing those contracts and, and, and really helping the employers behind the scenes when, when it hits the fans and hopefully helping a little bit beforehand in some cases, oh, yeah. you know, uh, hel- helping those business owners understand. But we're going we're gonna to get to that shortly, uh, uh, for sure. So, it, it, listen, in 2007, while I was in graduate school, mm-hmm. I got licensed in insurance. I got licensed in real estate. I wanted to go into real estate because, let's face it, real estate is so much more sexy of a career than insurance. But we're all, you know, no one, we're, we're all not turning into Ryan Searhand here, although this was all before Ryan Searhand and the million, uh, million dollar listings. Um, <laughs> but in 2008, when I was graduating and the economy was in a, in a, in a bad place, yeah. I was making no money, right? So there's mm-hmm. two things that thrive in recession and in prosperity, and that's liquor and insurance, right? We always need our insurance. It's required. Many of it, much of it is required by law. There's recently some new legislation being proposed that should be signed off on soon. It's going to require uh, all business owners to have business insurance. That's a totally different topic, Mm -hmm. but that's one step in the right direction. I think they should have EPLI and cyber more than they need general liability, but you know, we'll, we'll lobby for that separately. But so I chose to go the, the insurance route Mm -hmm. and I started selling commodity, right? I would represent some insurance companies. I would work very hard to get contracts and build myself a name, but I was selling a, a commodity-based product at that time, which everybody yeah. needed. And I figured I could make myself a living. Check that box. That was easy, right? So then taking it to the next level, becoming a consultant um, mm-hmm. and being an advisor and being a subject matter expert and being able to speak with folks like yourself and, uh, you know, and guide businesses appropriately of all sizes, small, medium, large, and families as well, uh, along with for, for their needs. You know, I have my CIC, which is Certified Insurance Counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm currently working to get my CRM, right? For some reason, I love school as much as I hate school. I still <laughs> love school and, mm-hmm. you know, the continuing education. I'm not just clicking slides to get my required credit hours. I want to continue to better myself. And these conversations do that as well, right? So I've advanced myself and my business from a one-person shop to now we are 13 people strong. Mm. We're 14 years or so going. um, Mm. And we're having a good time. And we're really, we're doing the best that we can do to help businesses and individuals and families along with their insurance portfolios. Times are tough in this inflationary environment, which we're going to get into, which because that's also affecting the EPLI products that we're able to to sell and help people Mm -hmm. purchase. Um, But that's kind of the business in a nutshell. But I love community focused organizations. I love giving back and I love to give. Right. I'm not one that's going to hide anything. My knowledge is free. I want to give it to anybody who's willing to take it, who's willing to then take the time that I'm willing to give. because the money is going to come back in, in return. I'm not worried about getting paid. I will get paid. I make a commission. Sometimes we charge fees for consulting. Uh, but you know, when I can give back, I, I know the universe is going to just bring it back to myself. So charitable organizations, industry associations where I can help other agents and individuals thrive is, is really more my passion project. Um, call it a hobby. Uh, but I really enjoy doing that on the side beside, you know, on top of the insurance stuff and being home with the kids. Right. Right. Wow. You know, it's, it's interesting, Aaron, taking one of those later points you made first, um, as you were speaking about, you know, not being stingy, being generous with your time, right. You know, trusting that there'll be enough that, you know, be taken care of, I'm paraphrasing financially and stuff. I was thinking to myself, wow, this guy really trusts the universe. And then you use that exact phrase, like trusting the universe. Um, I tend to share that approach as well. I think if we're too caught up, you know, in like trying to get, you know, paid for every minute or watching the clock, it's it comes out in how we uh, interact with folks, but also just we don't give that spirit of service and community that you, you know, talked about there. And also just very interesting to hear your um, your earlier story about real estate and then the recession hitting and having that, I guess, 
choice to make. And um, and I think, you know, it sounds like you made the right choice. I imagine that, you know, uh, owning a liquor store could be probably maybe a little competitive <laughs> and boring. Not, maybe it's not fulfilling, you know? Um, so those two maybe, things are- maybe it's still to come. I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I'm, well, that's, you know, there you go. Right. Still working on those, you know, those, those things too, right? Um, <laughs> absolutely, you know, because it also graduates you, you know, on success. Good to hear that, you know, starting as a, as a one-person, one-man operation and growing to 13. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, so that's that's excellent. You know, it's a good kind of basis to start maybe leap into our conversation, um, you know, which is about, right, this insurance. And mainly, I think we're really talking about employment practices liability insurance. So I guess my second question for you, Aaron, um, is you can tell our audience, explain to them, what is practices liability, I'm sorry, employment practices, excuse me, liability insurance or EPLI? Like what is the scope of coverage? You know, how does it work and which businesses might benefit most from that kind of coverage? Yeah, you know, employment practices, liability insurance, EPLI, (laughs) if I had a choice to sell a business owner one policy, Mm-hmm. It potentially would be the EPLI policy or a cyber policy, depending on the type of business. But for our purposes today, it's definitely EPLI. You're more likely to, to have an employee or even a third party um, sue mm-hmm. you as, as a business owner, as a business, than you are your building burning down or somebody suing you because of uh, some other negligence. Although we have plenty of those claims that come through as well. Um, sure. But especially during the COVID era, mm-hmm. right? That we're living on, on, on the, in, in the endemic, I guess, right now in the recession yeah. times, there was a lot of claims during COVID for, for EPLI, mm-hmm. um, which made the, the market for the product very volatile and the inflationary mm-hmm. environment we're in right now is not helping, right? So the employment practices liability really has two pieces if we break it down and keep it very simple. Yeah. As a first party liability, and has the third party liability, right? So the employer, business owner has employees and customers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, well, it doesn't even have to be a customer. It could be a third party, which could be a vendor, or it could be a guest on mm-hmm. premise. Um, yeah. It could be a guest to your website, right? We've seen the claims mm-hmm. where if your yeah. website is not ADA compliant, there's an mm-hmm. opportunity for you to be sued because there are some lawyers out there that are, I'm going to use the word trolls. Uh. Yeah. I had this talk with them before that's, I think, accurate. But, you know, some of them are. Some of them are. <laughs> some, some of them are. And, uh, you know, they're, they're out there seeking, you know, to, to make a quick buck on somebody that's not compliant appropriately. But if you have an EPLI policy, in many cases, you're going to be protected from an ADA-related issue as well as your employee-related issue. Hmm. You know, that's an interesting point you raise, Aaron, about, you know, sort of the, um, and there are some trolling, unfortunately, I'll say opportunistic, but either word I think applies, right? Is there plaintiff's lawyers? I think either one, they're synonymous. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I'll say that, like, I think a great point and a great example, the the ADA compliant website, a lot of people don't have that. They don't realize that, you know, there's someone that can't use it or says they can't, they can try to sue you. I think it goes to that point that a lot of folks think, well, I don't break the law. I'm a good. I'm a good person. We're a good business. We all get along great. So we don't need this. And that's something I think. You know, it's funny. We're believe it or not at our first commercial break already. Time flies when you're having fun. But when we come back, I would love to talk more about that point, including the fact that you might need this insurance and the scope of it, but also just you might need it even if you're. You know, you think you're a stand-up gal or guy or person or that. You know, um, that just. Can come in handy. So when we come back, we'll talk more about that question about what it is and how it works, EPLI that is, and and we'll talk about you know the benefits of businesses. Um, so stick around. You're listening to Employment Law today, or maybe you're watching the show. I'm your host, Aaron Sauber. Our guest tonight, Aaron Levine, the OG Insurance Agency, and we'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an Employment Law Business Law Attorney. And so this topic tonight is one that I'm quite familiar with, and I think it's a really important one for people to consider. You know, we need folks like Aaron Levine out there, you know, with employment uh, employment practices, liability insurance, and other insurance to offer to protect your business, much like you have in your house, insurance against a flood or fire, got bit of a strike to protect it. Um, you know, before the break, uh, and that first commercial break always comes up quick on my guests. But before that break, I asked Aaron about, for those joining us late, I asked, you know, tell us a bit about the PLI, like the scope of coverage, how it works, and then which businesses might most benefit from it. So Aaron was talking about, you know, that in terms of how you can be sued. But, yeah, the floor is all yours, Aaron. Love to hear more about that. Yeah, so, you know, we were talking about the fact that it's one of my favorite policies for a business owner to purchase. Yeah. Um, I'd prefer them to purchase an EPLI policy than a fire policy if I had a choice. Um, But obviously we want everybody to be as well-rounded as possible because again, I don't want to leave myself open to exposure um, when it, when it comes down to it, right? It's the cost of doing business is increasing across the board and we just need to make sure that we're, we're well set up for it. But we were basically, we got into the third party liability piece a little bit of the employment practices liability policy, right? We have the first party and the third party. So talking about the third party is your vendors, your guests on premise. Um, and that also dies, ties into potentially an ADA compliance situation, right? If you don't have an ADA compliant facility, um, if you don't have a ramp, if you don't have an ADA compliant bathroom, right? There are things where you need to be as a business owner, unless you're grandfathered in, that's yeah. above my pay grade. Eric, you can <laughs> want to talk on that. That's fine. Oh, sure. Yeah. Regardless, as a business owner, if you are served, you have a duty to defend yourself, um, right? The defense coverage is going to be the most important, most important, and probably the most expensive piece of these insurance claims for employment practices uh, sure. liability, whether it's ADA or it's harassment, wrongful termination, so on and so forth. So, you know, we want to make sure that a good policy is written that includes that third party. And we also want to include retroactive coverage in that third party as well, right? Get granted. You can't buy a policy if you know you have a claim situation that's committing sure. fraud. Yeah, However, sure. you want to buy a policy and maintain retro coverage just in case something may have happened that you didn't know about. Statute of limitations is coming up close and then you're mm-hmm. served, right? So we want to make sure that the policies are well written and maintaining consistent coverage is going to be important to then maintain that those retroactive dates as well. It's going to expand your coverage beyond what it what it is as the policy periods continue to accumulate, because mm-hmm. most EPLI policies are written on a claims made basis, mm-hmm. right? So claims made is you have to have insurance when you are served. Yeah. It's not occurrence. 
where if something happened two years ago, you were then served, it goes back to the old policy. Claims right. made policies, the claim is when you are served, mm-hmm. hence why then there's tails available, all right? I'm going off the deep end here a little bit. That's right. Um, <laughs> yep. But, uh, you know, I think this is such an important coverage and I'm so passionate about it that yeah. I think every business owner should have it. Anybody mm-hmm. that has employees, yeah, maybe your ones and twos probably don't, but the ones and twos, guess what? It's going to be five, six, $700 a year for those policies, mm-hmm. right? The 100 to 1,000 or 1,000 to 10,000 employees, those policies are going to probably be a little bit more expensive mm-hmm. and they're probably going to have significantly higher deductibles. Sure. But as you get into those larger businesses, there may be some general counsel in-house that can start um, and be sure. retained as part of the defense process. And you're able to vet the claims a little bit better, right? Right. But bigger businesses, bigger pockets, higher risk for a larger lawsuit potentially coming against you. So and also more employees, are, so the more chance of uh, more people might be suing, you might have an issue that impacts 35 people. If they pay, say, a wage discrepancy or issue came up, right? There's also that liability factor as well, I think. You know, that's that's a great that's that's a great comment because I ran into a situation with a, with a client. They're a hospitality, they're a restaurant chain. They have several units. Mm-hmm. And as they were growing, we were putting an EPLI policy at each individual location. Right. Because they were very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. They were five, six, seven thousand dollars a year for these mm-hmm. little policies with five or ten thousand dollar deductibles. Mm-hmm. I had a situation where one employee was on the payroll mm-hmm. at two different locations. Uh-huh. An incident occurred that involved mm-hmm. two different people. Yeah. I have two claims at two different locations, mm-hmm. two <clears throat> different deductibles to meet, and what a pain in the neck it was. Wow. So, you know, I learned my lesson. We got out of that one pretty inexpensively, so it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, but now this same restaurant chain has one very large EPLI policy, right? With one large covers deductible that covers all of their locations. You know, they're now you know mm-hmm. they're doing significant revenue. They're not three and four units anymore. But you know, yeah. those occurrence occurrences mm-hmm. that happens, claims that happen, yeah, right. Class action op- claims that can happen for especially in the wage and hour space. Mm-hmm. Um, can be very difficult. And if you need to defend multiple claims, well, hopefully you only have one one deductible at that time. You know, I think it's great, Aaron, you talk about some kind of general concepts like the risk and what happens and you know why we need this type of coverage. And then you gave you filled in the details, color there in terms of like how much deductible might be and how much might their policy might cost, you know, five, six, seven thousand dollars more for a bigger company. Um, I think it's important. I think you know people often I think that People often don't hear the specific numbers for things like cyber insurance or insurance plan, uh, uh, policies, and they assume it's going to be some like, astronomical break the bank <laughs> number. And then they're surprised, like, wait, cyber security insurance costs how much? Then, then a ransomware right. attack could destroy me for how much? So it's interesting when you, and when you factor that in, right? That it's, uh, you know, we're talking about like small amounts here, especially comparatively. You pointed out a good point that litigation can be expensive, both in terms of the potential award to an employee and the legal fees, the cost, right, to defend. Because I know, mm-hmm. you know, as an employment lawyer and defending companies, I much rather they come to me for the compliance in advance. How can we get them up to speed? How can we train middle management not to uh, create situations of implicit bias or microaggressions? You know, how can we follow the wage and hour laws and such? But often people make mistakes and those mistakes, even a, a good natured one that's not malicious, can be very costly. Ask anybody who's been sued, like a restaurant, you know, about overtime violations or tip pooling, you know, discrepancies. So I just think, you know, you raised some good points there about um, the, the scope. And I'm wondering if you can share with us all, like, in terms of what the policy might cover. So I'm a business and I have 12 employees and, you know, I get sued. Like, does it cover the attorney's fees to defend? Does it cover the award or some combination thereof? Right. So, Mm-hmm. Policies are going to vary based yeah. on the insurance company issuing the policy, 
right? So I'm putting my disclosure in there. <laughs> With the caveats, you know, yes. Am I safe, Eric, on this? Am I allowed to talk about it? Um, right, Absolutely. so every policy is going to be slightly different. And yeah. That's where, as an employer working with your insurance agent, your professional who you trust, hopefully they have some knowledge in this space or they have a resource like myself or somebody else that's an expert in this to reach back to and Mm -hmm. look at those different, you know, those those different coverage options in there. Right. So take my insurance policy for my employment mm-hmm. practices liability. So I practice yeah. what I preach. I have an employment practices liability insurance policy. I pay, how much do I pay? I pay about $3,000 a year for my policy with a $10,000 deductible, right. right? I'm a team of 13 on an international basis because I have mm-hmm. virtual assistants um, that work for me full times in the Philippines, mm-hmm. right? So I wanna make sure that I have worldwide coverage in there. Um, I want to make sure the VA firm that I work with has their own coverage if something happens uh, in in their space because I do hire them as a third party. Um, I'm covered for harassment, discrimination, Mm -hmm. wrongful termination. We're Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of wrongful termination lawsuits. People get upset when they get fired. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. It's it's New Jersey, right? Like... (laughs) Yeah. You know, I can't, you know, is, are we allowed to hire and fire at will? Do we really need an excuse? But, you know, I, I guess you do. I guess you have to document everything, right? And that's super important as an employer is yes. to have somebody that you can rely on to help you with compliance. Yep. Even as a small business, there's third parties. I interviewed on my podcast a couple of weeks ago um, a woman named Joanne, and she works for a company called Puzzle HR. And they help oh, you know that company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with that compliance. Mm-hmm. And then they can become your HR go-to. Sure. And I also provide a service to many of my clients through a company called Mineral, where I give them, they get a 1-800 number, plus the ability mm-hmm. to help get their employee handbook up to date. And it's a live handbook. So it's a living handbook. So it's constantly being updated by the Mineral team expert of mm-hmm. experts behind the scenes. So yeah. it's a living handbook. Because I'm not updating my handbook. Mm-hmm. I may have one from 25 years ago as Ooh. an employer that you're yeah. blowing the dust off of, right? <laughs> you're like, yeah, I have a handbook. So one of my questions when I'm when I'm at a prospect meeting is, can I see your employee handbook? Mm-hmm. It very rarely happens that I actually get to see an employee handbook. So <laughs> yes. we want to help with that. We want to help yeah. bring that compliance in because at the end of the day, I don't want a lawsuit, but. How do we make your insurance less expensive and make you compliant? And we make sure you're following some of the protocols that you're supposed to be following when it comes to hiring, firing, and other issues. And then give you that expert to be able to reach out to um, when you have a question, when there's an Mm -hmm. issue that arises, to be Mm -hmm. able to ask somebody like yourself uh, or an HR professional, you know, what do I do in this situation before I run my mouth? (laughs) it's kind of one of those things that comes up so you know wrongful termination is is a big one wage and hour things you mentioned tip pooling before Mm -hmm. um you know wage and hour is tricky yes right you're not paying your employees well you should yeah um right what you agreed to pay them you should be paying paying them right but wage and hour that's a sublimited defense in most cases Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't get the full million. If you have a million dollar policy, you get a sublimit of a hundred thousand for defense only the mm-hmm. award you're on your own. If you lose on that one, it's because yeah. you were a scumbag. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or you didn't know it was an accident. Yeah. Accidents happen and you just have to make it right and make it yeah. and, and get things back up and running again. Um, but you know, so that's why the award's not going to be covered because then people wouldn't be uh, paying their employees. They just say, Oh, well, I'll save 25 grand. I'm not paying the employees. I'll pay my $5,000 deductible and I'm uh, right. off the races. No, I think it makes sense what you're saying. And you know, you don't want that scenario also. It's like, I think, you know, well, I think you raised some good points there. And one, that employment laws is such a complex area you know, for business owners to follow. I mean, I read the updates um, in articles, in, in, in bars, you know, publications for employment law attorneys like myself pretty much daily and there's just so much going on so you do no doubt you do have those unscrupulous business owners are trying to get away with something and then they're going to take that hit they're going to have to pay that award what i find fascinating too is that 
I was talking with a good colleague of mine today about employment law and how you can have a business that thinks they're doing everything right. And they didn't know that New York passed a law that says you have to give a certain type of notification on wages to a new hire. Or they didn't realize that if they're using artificial intelligence now in New York to help with the hiring process, has to be audited for bias or else you can face penalties and fines and a lawsuit. But, um, you know, to your point, um, like I think, you know, that it's interesting to see that the defense costs are covered because that could be really high. But the second thing you said that I really appreciate was hearing about, you know, wanting to give your clients a comprehensive, like a full experience, a meeting that you've got the HR folks in there to help with the situation. You've got the employment lawyers. Um, I'm always recommending my people get with good insurance brokers, good accountants, you know, good HR, because you need those people in your corner. Each serves a different purpose. And then the, the whole sort of like the puzzle pieces, if you will, come together and then their protection is, is there. Um, we're actually at a commercial break, if you can believe it. I know it just goes so fast when you're having a good conversation. But what I will say is that folks you're listening to and maybe you're watching Employment Law today on Talk Radio NYC, you might be catching us also on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, et cetera. Um, when we come back, I'll ask Aaron some great questions about how recent changes in the workforce, including the great resignation and quiet quitting and work from home, how is that impacting employee liability in the workplace? And we'll talk about trends that Aaron and I perceive in terms of litigation risk. Um, so stick around. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Take two. Happy. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Aaron Sauber. Uh, I'm an employment law attorney. Our guest tonight, Aaron Levine, is the founder and CEO of OG Insurance Agency. And we're talking about EPLI, folks. Like we're really talking about uh, you know, uh, employment practices, liability insurance, and what it is, what it protects, what it does, why you need to have it. And you know, Aaron, I, I hear everything you're saying. And, and yeah, as you know, I do litigation defense for a living. I also who had a compliance and consulting in the employment labor law arena. Um, and, and I've seen, you know, how many clients come to me and say that they don't need this because they're a small business, right? They're, they're a family owner. They're, they're tight like family. You know, like they, they say, like they can't imagine any of my employees, you know, suing me at any point. Um, or they say, you know, we're so small that people wouldn't sue us because they have bigger fish to fry. And I'm wondering, You've kind of touched upon that a bit with all these scenarios. So what were your thoughts about that from an insurance perspective? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think I'm answer, but, you know, good to hear your You know, you're, you're, you're getting sued. That's my my answer. I don't care who you are <laughs> or what yeah. you do. Uh, yeah. you're, you're getting sued, right? My first EPLI claim that I ever experienced uh, 
mm-hmm. was a discrimination claim. Mm-hmm. It was age discrimination mm-hmm. for a bar and restaurant, nightclub, um, very swanky style nightclub yeah. that was hiring cocktail waitresses. Mm-hmm. In the job description, they used the word girls. We are looking for girls mm-hmm. as cocktail waitresses. Mm-hmm. Well, a 50-year-old woman uh, mm-hmm. went in and applied, and she didn't get the job. She then yeah. took the job ad and said, I was not hired because they're only looking for girls. Hence, they're discriminating against me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? That was my first EPLI clean experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it, it paid out like 10,000 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Was it a setup? Who knows? But right. it, was a le- it was a lesson learned is, you know, and this was, we're going back probably eight or nine years now, um, mm-hmm. you know, when EPLI was, was, was out there and things were happening, yeah. but it wasn't as popular as it is today. Um, and it as important as it is today, right? So the age discrimination, race discrimination. I had a race discrimination, one that paid out over a hundred thousand dollars. Um, come to find out that, you know, the, the victim, so to speak, was, uh, a read a repeat offender for filing lawsuits, Mm -hmm. um, on race discrimination on the job site, right? It's unbelievable how things are out there and how sensitive you have to be to, uh, age, race, gender. I have not had a gender discrimination Mm -hmm. suit yet. I go, I can only imagine that one is coming. Uh, here's Mm -hmm. a good one. Mm -hmm. New York, New York state requires a disability insurance policy to be purchased. That's true. The, the census report for the disability insurance policy asks how many male employees do you have? How many female employees do you have? Mm-hmm. And we're in New York. So I went to a client in, in Brooklyn and said, yeah. how many males and how many females? She's like, I don't even know what gender they are. Was mm-hmm. the response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause, and she's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go ask. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, I, you take the, you take this one further, uh, from that perspective, you're, you know, you're, you're in New York and yeah. with, with gender, gender mm-hmm. policies, that's a tricky mm-hmm. one. Absolutely. You know, it's like taking that a little further and yeah, unpack, unpacking it, if you will. It's like, you know, I think what's important is that there, there certainly are, right. You know, like you've got your valid, you know, legitimate discrimination cases and, and, you know, and, and, uh, and retaliation, whatnot, they definitely exist. And then I think there's like a wide spectrum. I think people often they think of it as either, you know, the most, like, like the most, say, like, uh, extremely egregious, you know, uh, smoking gun case of, a you know, a horrific, uh, you know, a noose hanging or something like that, or um, a completely fabricated claim. And there's certainly that middle ground, there's that, you know, implicit bias and, you know, what's perceived. But to your point, though, um, I think that, you know, like, you do have a lot of folks who, unfortunately are opportunistic and they make it harder for those that are not and they do file lawsuits and claims what i hear from that the client theory that was afraid to comment is perhaps you know the fear of knowing the gender of let's say people in case uh she has to fire someone and if she does know the gender it could be more noticed of their you know protected class and therefore a possible suit um i think it gets very tricky i, I do hear that a lot of companies you know, are scared scared to uh, get rid of poor performing employees and I think they see how the laws can be and also how some of the administrative agencies are that enforce these laws and a lot of them are very 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 employee friendly and you know I once had a, a case of the Department of Labor where the uh I'll be short because I want to get to some of your questions but you know and I wish they had had your insurance because um it was a case of alleged retaliation for uh, opposing a certain labor practice that didn't happen. And the person was doing a horrible job and they were the uh, account, intense accounting and bookkeeping. And there is empirical evidence like, that they had botched the books for months and months and caused all kinds of problems with taxes, um, being owed, the business suffered horrifically and they had to let this person go. <clears throat> and the person then you know, sued, said it was retaliatory and said that they were set up to fail, that the business supposedly um, they claimed cooked the books and destroyed their own, uh, you know, bookkeeping to frame this person to fire her retaliation for what she said. And so I, that's ridiculous. That's, that's like a you know a, a, a two a two dwelling landlord, you know, getting angry at their subleaser and and burning down the whole house. 
And when I raised this as a, to the, uh, you know, to the um, attorney from the Department of Labor, how this couldn't be, I said, why would they sabotage your own business and owe taxes to give? And she said, you know, it's amazing the length employers will go to to strike back at employees who are wow. trying to do the right thing. So, you know, that's what you're up against sometimes. And it's really, uh, I think, for small business, you know, it can be overwhelming. And I think it comes back to the issue of, you know, why it's important to have this EPLI coverage, as you're saying, why it's, you know, when you say it's, you recommend it over a fire, I, what I hear from that is that, you know, a fire, obviously you want that insurance, but it's more rare. It doesn't happen often. And the EPLI claims can just keep coming. So, you know, to your point, that's my take on it. I don't know what your thoughts are, but. Yeah, I mean, the EPLI claims keep coming, right, whether they're legitimate or not. And there, there's there's a lot of legitimacy in it. Um, we posted something on our social media the other day. I think mm-hmm. the 2021 statistic for insurance fraud was somewhere in a $300 billion range. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so there is that to contend with on all lines of, of insurance, mm-hmm. whether it be automobile or, or professional lines. Um, but it, it's very tricky to be an employer mm-hmm. and to protect yourself mm-hmm. as an employer from your employees and the general public, so to speak, right? right. Um, one of my favorite policies of, of EPLI that I sold was mm-hmm. to a restaurant, um, longtime client of mine, good friends, two mm-hmm. owners, one owner, very business, you know, very clean, straight and narrow, narrow. Other owner, we're going to describe him as the long beard, the tattoos, the filthy <laughs> mouth, right? Mm-hmm. We'll walk around and slap girls on the butt, right? Oh, you know, wow, so... Yeah. Owner, owner, owner A, I'm like, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta put this policy in place. We got for him. He's like, all right, don't ever tell him about it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's one of one of those where we bought we bought the insurance on the side uh, to yeah. make sure that they had it and knock on wood. You know, they're they're the restaurant that hasn't been sued for wrongful termination or harassment yet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you get what you get when you when you ex- you, you expect it when you go there, I guess, kind of thing, but. You know, yeah. even if a customer was felt threatened or endangered, you know, they could retaliate with, uh, with, with legal action. So as an employer, you just want to protect yourself from all things that you should protect yourself from because you don't want to lose your business or your home or your assets uh, mm-hmm. or, or anything else over one of these cases where you are then stuck defending mm-hmm. yourself against something that happened. And then you can't afford your legal bills. Then what do you do? You have no choice but to, you know, to close the business at that point. And, I hate to see anybody have to really go through that. Um, yeah. you know, we, we saw a lot of claims during COVID, uh, wrongful termination, whistleblower, you know, people mm-hmm. afraid to go back to work, people afraid to go to work. I think yeah. there was a huge spike during COVID and it's changed a lot of the policies that we write mm-hmm. today, mostly in, mostly in premium and deductible, yeah. right? We've seen the premiums go up and the deductibles go up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the coverage, the base coverage of first party, third party, retroactive, you know, and wage and hour sublimits have pretty much stayed the same. Um, but there's mm-hmm. definitely been some changes in the marketplace. Indeed, there have. And the environment that we're in, you know, all the things, you know, that, um, well, we're actually at a commercial break. When we come back, I'll ask you about, Aaron, in terms of any trends that you foresee based on changes in the workplace. You know, we've got a work from home workforce going on. We've got, you know, the great resignation. We've got this phenomenon called quiet quitting. Um, I did a couple of webinars on how this impacts employee litigation risk. But when we come back, I'd love to hear your take on it. And also just, you know, we'll talk about your agency, what you do. So stick around, folks. You're here listening to or watching Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Derek Sovereign. And our guest tonight, Aaron Levine, CEO, founder of the LG Insurance Company. Stick around the Talk Radio NYC and we'll be uh, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm still your host, Eric Sauber, Employment Law Attorney. And here tonight is Aaron Levine, founder of the LG Insurance Agency, which sells various types of comprehensive insurance, including the PLI, our topic tonight, employment practices liability insurance. And, you know, in these times, really, we're seeing someone talking about what it is, what it covers, what it costs, what it protects. And so I want to ask Aaron a question about some recent changes in the workforce. So I've been very busy with a lot of employment law, consulting, compliance, more than my business law practice in terms of just all the changes in the law. And I'm wondering, Aaron, from an insurance perspective in terms of claims, uh, raising claims, rather the risk going up, how do you foresee, uh, or what trends do you see in the workforce based on work from home, resignation, all the changes we have going on today? Yeah, it's it's a great question, um, and, and I'm going to be short on, on answering it. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's a, a push to bring some people back to to the office place, especially in New York City. There's a push for some shared time. Uh, I live in a commuter town, so to speak, and yep. I have a lot of friends that have to get on the boat uh, two or three days a week now to go back into mm-hmm. into Manhattan, which mm-hmm. I think is good. Being together uh, brings creative opportunities. <laughs> so I think it's super important for that. Bless you. Mm-hmm. Um, you. Yeah. But as an employer... Mm-hmm. You know, when we picked up our phones and our laptops in March of 2020, mm-hmm. I downsized my office space and I allowed my employees to make a choice when it was uh, uh, acceptable to then come back, whether they wanted to come back in person or mm-hmm. work from home. And everybody's mostly stayed home. Mm-hmm. And so I've limited people in the office on occasion for one on ones and group activities. Yeah. And we try to get together for a social event uh, once every other month or so, you know, so. between the way that I'm operating my business, you know, I want to make sure that my employees are comfortable. I know some people that have moved to Florida and their Mm -hmm. companies are doing a callback. I'm curious to see how those uh, situations uh, work out. Those are the companies that are going to be calling you for advice because they're not going to know how to handle it. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Florida, back to the Because, you know, yeah. there's quite a few tricky situations out there. Yeah. And then there's going to be exceptions made for some. And why did you make an exception for that person and not mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. Um, so I see a lot of issues. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I see some, some strong negotiating occurring between employees and employers to mm-hmm. find that common ground. It's when yeah. you're not flexible and you're not working together, employee, employer. Uh, mm-hmm. that situations can arise unless it's a hard stance employer based and mm-hmm. you know that then you're going to take what's going to take what's going to come right yeah um so there's definitely some issues great resignation everybody's short on labor right everybody's short mm-hmm. on help right now regardless yep. of the industry whether it's professional service uh mm-hmm. bus companies right where's the bus drivers uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know sure, those sure. stick out in my head big time we mm-hmm. lost all the bus drivers and uh mm-hmm. you know and and restaurant and the hospitality space we're short on cooks we're short on servers you mm-hmm. know i write a lot of insurance in the hospitality space i love sure. insuring restaurants um mm-hmm. it's it's kind of my 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 niche and they are in high need of employment practices liability insurance oh, yes. um because it's maybe not you as the owner, it's the manager that does something 
stupid um, mm-hmm. makes that mistake where you get sued for not protecting the the, the underemployee as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you, you know, take a minute and speak on the great resignation and where you see, see things going also. Curious. Sure. You know, absolutely. I, I definitely see uh, an increase in potential risk of claims. I think that a couple of things happen. Number one, I think with the work from home, for example, you've got different states' laws apply around paid leave and around who can come in under what circumstances, what an accommodation request looks like right, to stay home based on disability. That's the factor. Um, I think that you have a lot more conflict and disputes between employers and employees. We have a clashing of interests. And I think that often will bring the risk, uh, increased risk of lawsuits. Um, with respect to the great resignation, what I found and notice is that when people are resigning in, in say, larger numbers, if they don't have another job lined up per se, some might think, well, I've got nothing to lose by making a claim, a claim of hostile work environment, a claim of a toxic work environment, a claim of constructive discharge and see what sticks. And so they might be trying to negotiate, use that claim to leverage higher severance. And again, I'm not trying to imply that there are no situations that exist, valid ones of people being pushed out of work for abuse and there's no excuse for that, toxicity, uh, racism in the workplace. But I do see that um, what I'm seeing is there are more and more I guess there's more room for clashes, Aaron, and therefore more chances for litigation, which means I'm getting more calls, and, um, but I can call you and tell my clients to come to you, which brings me to a final question for you, which is like, how does LG Insurance Agency work with business owners and also what methods or philosophies distinguish you from other you know, insurance consulting firms? Yeah, you know, um, I, I tell everybody I'm a simple guy, right? I'm available, right? I just make myself available. Um, I create time for for people who who are then worth my time, mm-hmm. um, and potential business mm-hmm. owners are worth my time. And I love to have initial conversations. I have a great team to handle setting up the insurance products behind it, um, mm-hmm. and then but leading the charge. But I love speaking with uh, employers long before there's an issue. Right? Let's get sure. to it early. Um, and we can also review current EPLI policies and make some recommendations mm-hmm. or some changes um, and, and, and see what might be better for, for you as an employer, right? Every business owner, every mm-hmm. business is going to be have a different risk tolerance level uh, yep. when it comes to coverage, um, coverage amounts, coverage breadth, and mm-hmm. also the deductible that comes with it. So yep. there's a lot of different things that we can do. And we have the availability and the ability and the knowledge to understand how those things work. You know, I said earlier, talk to your local insurance agent, your professional that you rely on for everything. Mm-hmm. You might not be an expert. She might not be an expert. They might not be an expert. True. Um, you know, that's where agents that work with you have that mm-hmm. additional resource, right. you know, where I can shoot you a text, Eric, I've got this question. How should we maybe approach this? Sure. You know, we get a little bit of free advice in there, right? Sure. Giving your knowledge to be yep. able to help somebody proactively. And then in turn, you know, they, they may need your services at, at, at some point. Um, mm-hmm. So we want to just consult. We want to be there for employers. Uh, yep. I don't want to just sell an employment practices liability policy to you. It's right. not worth my time or effort or mm-hmm. my risk to have a single piece of the pie. I want to mm-hmm. make sure we're working on the full program and then also put some of those value added pieces in there, like the mineral um, uh, relationship to help you with employee handbooks. If you don't have that already set up through another mm-hmm. relationship, right? Costly that costs me money. I pay $7,000 already this year for mm-hmm. using that services to give it away for free. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm wow. paying for it so that I can then give it away. And I love being able to do things like that yeah. um, to differentiate myself. Like you said, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Being able to offer services and consult and guide and risk manage, manage risk or mitigate risk, however we want to put it. Yeah. Uh, to, at the end of the day, we don't want to claim. That's the worst thing that we could have. We want good yeah. insurance, but we never want to use it. Yes. Right. And when it's I there, it's everybody wants the best. Um, yeah. You know, but if you buy the cheapest, you're not going to have the best. So you want to make sure you have the right value mix in the middle. That's yep. the right yeah. setup for your business. Sounds great, Aaron. It really sounds really, truly terrific. I'm glad that you're sharing this with us tonight. We've got about two and a half minutes left till the end. So I'll turn the floor over to you to also share about any 
uh, podcast or how can we can contact you, like website, you know, content information, upcoming events, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving right now, headed to an event. Um, uh-huh. You know, I'm out networking a lot down in the Jersey Shore. I'm headed to Atlantic City to do a networking an event that I'm sponsoring for for a real estate mm-hmm. contingency. Uh, but I have my podcast. It's the dot, dot, dot and insurance podcast because we're oh. talking about a lot of other topics besides insurance. And Eric, I'd love to have you as a guest one of these days. Um, I, I think we've, we we need to continue this conversation because we have so much more that we can talk about. Um, yeah. But find me on inst- Instagram. We do a lot of fun stuff on Instagram at Luxury Group INS. Um, same thing on Facebook. And then mm-hmm. Aaron Levine on, on LinkedIn. It's CIC MBA on my LinkedIn, this handsome mug. Connect uh-huh. with me, there ask me go. any questions that you might have, and I'm, I'm happy to share. Mm, excellent. Yeah. You know, great to have all the information, Aaron. I'd love to be a guest on your podcast as well. I think this is the conversation definitely worth continuing. And, um, you know, I want to thank you again so much for being here on the show with us tonight. Um, this is a really great conversation. It's, I was saying to you earlier, it's amazing how the time flies. People often ask me, you know, what can I cover in, uh, you know, we have a whole hour. I'll never get this. There's not, there's not enough air to fill. And then these topics are so important and they're just so rich in the depth. So I want to thank you again, Aaron, for being on the show. That's Aaron Levine, um, CEO and founder of the LG Insurance Agency. You can reach Aaron at all the uh, places he mentioned on social media and his website. And uh, when we come uh, back next week, we'll have more guests and discuss some interesting, compelling issues and topics of the day. So if you like the show tonight, you found it interesting, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your family, tell your clients to tune in Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. I'm sorry, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to appoint below today. Tune in at 6 o'clock for some great shows also after this. But um, for that, I want to again say, Aaron, it was a pleasure speaking with you, my friend. Have a wonderful evening. All the best to you and your family and uh, wishing everyone here a great uh, night and a good week, and we'll be back next week on Talk Radio NYC. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 